are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Happy Sunday, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We just wrapped up a great conversation about the DOJ crackdown, and we had a great guest that called in, Brandon Garrett. Um, so shout out to him for calling in today. And now it's time for the news roundup. That means it's time for us to share and talk about some of the news stories that really touched us, moved us, or made us really upset uh, during this past week. And guys, if you want to chime in because you have a a new story that you want to share with us, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. You can also tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. So I wanted to start off with one of the news stories I was really happy to hear, and that Senate Democrats actually band together to prevent President Obama from having to veto um, the Republican disapproval of the Ar- Iran nuclear deal, which is his his historic deal that he announced back in July. And as we know, um, him and five other um, world countries, they agreed to lift sanctions off of Iran um, in return. Um, and so Iran, as a result, they're going to receive billions of dollars, but they promise not to build a nuclear weapon. And it's diplomatic and it means we don't have to go to war. And Iran has agreed not to build this nuclear weapon. But... Most of all Republicans in our Congress were like, this is a horrible deal. We have to stop it. I'm not sure what their resolution was, but they band together and they were like, we're going to oppose it. But Senate Democrats definitely came to um, President Obama's defense and they and they they did prevent that disapproval resolution from going into effect. And we have the Iran nuclear deal. Yeah, which is exciting. I know a lot of people. Yeah, and you you asked what the what their alternative solution right, was. Right. Yeah. It was either you know war or just holding <laughs> on to sanctions. Drop some bombs. Have no meaning anymore. So I, I was very happy to see the support in the Senate. Uh, and, of course, now I think this, the House is now trying to pass some other disapproval yeah. resolution. But ultimately, you know, this will go – the deal seems like it's going to go into effect uh, yeah. or at least presumably, although some people are saying that the way this was done was really gone about wrong because they're saying that technically the deal is a treaty and a treaty requires two-thirds approval by Congress uh, and this instead requires two-thirds of Congress to disapprove in order for the deal not to go into effect. So they're calling it like a reverse treaty. They're saying it doesn't comply with the Constitution. Uh, it is an interesting argument. You may see a lawsuit come out of that where somebody is going to challenge the constitutional grounds, kind of like the lawsuit that um, the House brought against the president over executive overreach. So that'll be interesting to see that, how that plays out going forward and how, if there is a lawsuit, how it will affect the deal once it goes into effect. So I'm definitely interested in seeing that. Yeah, no, I I definitely am too. Um, Another thing that was interesting this week was the fact that Walter Scott's murderer, um, which is the ex- uh, South Carolina cop that shot him while he was running away, shot him like eight or nine times in the mm-hmm. back, um, and then said that, you know, he did it because he was in fear when Walter Scott supposedly touched his taser while he was trying to tase him. So he's trying to um, he's trying to actually um, make bond and be released on bond to be freed from jail. But there have been has been so much uh, protests and outrage around releasing this ex-cop from jail because i mean we've all watched that video multiple times and it is disturbing to the highest level and the highest degree and i wouldn't feel um safe if this man was out Mm -hmm. on the street i wouldn't 
I would disagree with you on that. And as from a purely criminal defense perspective, bail isn't about the egregious nature of the crime. That's what punishment is for after mm-hmm. conviction. Bail is only about one thing. And sure, I wouldn't want him back on the streets as a police officer. Obviously, you know, if anything, you know, he has a contract because of his union, he should still be stripped of his badge and his gun and placed on modified duty or, you know, permanent leave, at least administrative leave for now. But as to him actually just getting out, like, like there's only one real pur- there's really two purposes behind bail mainly one in New York which is to secure that idea the idea that you're going to come back to court and so uh, you know I don't think that but should, should he have that option? Because the, the judge has not decided whether he should have the option to have bail or not because right, so of the, the nature of the what crime. The, well, that that's also under their law, which is maybe right. under their law they can take into account the nature of the crime. In New York, you're not allowed to do that. Um, but, yeah, so, so that's what the argument was. And but I don't, I don't know. I still disagree with that. I, don't, I mean, I just disagree with that from a fundamental criminal perspective. When you're arrested, it's an allegation. And while we all saw the video, and I'm not defending the officer, I hope sure. he gets convicted and goes to jail. So I don't want to make it seem like that. But I'm just talking from a purely like criminal defense perspective, forgetting about who is being prosecuted for a second, which leads us sort of back into our initial conversation, which is like people uh, and corporations, for that matter, are innocent until proven guilty. Like that's the bedrock of our criminal justice system, or at least is supposed to be. And, you know, from that perspective, I feel like if the person's going to come back to court and they're not a danger to the community. And obviously, I think if he doesn't get his gun and his badge and isn't a police officer, he's not a danger that he's going to just be running around shooting random people in the community like some serial killer might or some serial rapist. Then, you know, I think he should at least... They should consider bail. Right. Like, I'd rather see him let out on bail and then convicted for the crime than see him sit in a cell with no bail set and then, you know, not release for whatever. No, I mean, yeah, I if, he's, if he's acquitted, Agreed. then, I mean, it's just going to be outrage. But the thing is, there's so much protest behind just even releasing him. So I think that for the sake of the people, especially in South Carolina, and to prevent a riot or whatever it is, um, I think that might that may be coming into play here. I mean, the best uh, argument for him not to be released is his own safety, is that if he gets sure. out, somebody else may hurt him That's or true. kill him or exact revenge. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here. So we have our first major dropout yes. of the 2016 race. Oh, yeah. Um, Rick Perry dropped out. He is no longer running for president. He is still under indictment. Speaking of a more he criminal is justice. Still under indictment. Things, yeah. So he's actually still president. indictment under indictment, which leads me back to something I just said. An indictment is an allegation. It's not necessarily proof that you committed a crime um, that requires a guilty plea or a conviction after trial. Um, but on his way out the door, of course, he also had to say many, many not nice things about Donald Trump, which, of course, makes me like Rick Perry just slightly. And actually, oh, yeah, I've did. said this before, while I vehemently disagree with Rick Perry on 99.9% of issues, if you know anything about Rick Perry, like, yes, he had his oops moment. Um, and yes, <laughs> oh, he's yeah. like, definitely probably in the pocket of some corporation or some lobbyist, but he's not an idiot like some of the other people. People who are running or who are holding political offices like he's actually, yeah, I don't you know, know like on the on the spectrum, he's a little smarter than some of the I, other that's ones. Not, I don't think that's saying that much. One, of, <laughs> I, I had a very good laugh on the way up here. Um, I was on Twitter and um, Alexandra Petrie, who's a writer for Washington Post, tweeted uh, in quotes, go on, get 
And it's supposed to be Rick Perry tearfully releasing his glasses back into the wild. Uh, <laughs> LOL. Really funny, yeah. I'm just waiting for Lindsey Graham to drop out and, another, and other people because, I mean, like, they're not doing well in national polls whatsoever. Yeah, who and do we think is next? Lindsey Graham and my, or, or maybe um, Bobby no, Jindal. I think Bobby Jindal or yeah, Lindsey Bobby Graham Jindal. or maybe George Pataki. Uh, somebody yeah, who's in that second round of the I would debate. say Pataki. Um, you're going to also see... After the debate this week, the CNN debate is yeah, this week. Um, it is. There's like a ton of, I was thinking about this the other day. There's like a ton of debates. Like, so we're not going to be able to cover them all here because otherwise you'd get 17 Let Your Voice Be Heard shows about Republican debates. For our debates own sanity, we you, won't do that. Yeah, for our own sanity. And also you would probably <laughs> literally hate if we did a show after every debate. But um, obviously, um, you know. It's going to be more solidified as people start dropping out because what's going to start to happen is like Trump has a lot of support right now, but there's also some people that are sort of up there with him. And then there's some people that kind of have some support, but as people start to dry, drop out, their supporters are now going to join other candidates. Oh, yeah, sure. And as, as they join other candidates, you're, you may start to see shift in poll numbers. And also as there's more debates, you're going to see uh you know some people start to shoot more ahead and other people may start to drop back so it'll be really interesting to see what happens after the next debate after we have a few more dropouts as to who these people's supporters flock to next right there has actually been a little shift so donald trump has been dominating most national polls um but ben carson seems to be on the trail on his trail a little bit uh, really? he's actually yeah yeah ben carson has been doing better and better and it just shows that a lot of people a lot of republicans a lot of conservatives are tired of the establishment and they're looking for someone who hasn't worked traditionally in politics and they want that fresh new voice and they're saying like you know what for the last few elections we did go with the establishment candidate and look where it's got us nowhere right and i mean i want to be clear ben carson and donald trump are complete jerks like and they're not really qualified to be president but i wonder you know i think about that a lot right where Donald Trump is polling so well, and it, if Ben Carson is doing well too, I mean, if you listen to the things that either of them say, it's absolute nonsense, right? They don't actually say things that make sense. But I think that that brings to light a bigger problem with the political system in general. That at this point, people are so disenfranchised by politicians. They're so, you know, they're they are just seeking out people that are telling it quote unquote like it is, and they'd rather that than actual, you know intelligent policy discussions because they're so disenfranchised by the political system. I don't remember what it was I was watching the other day. It may have been Colbert mm -hmm. uh, on The Late Show, which I've taken to watching because I, I really like him. And I really yet. like him as himself and I not as like yeah, this pundit. But anyways, I think it was him. And they went around and they asked, like, why do you like Donald Trump? And the guy's response was just like, because he's going to make America great again, <laughs> which is like legit, <laughs> like his slogan. Like wow. They're like, OK, no, like we get that. But like what policy ideas of his do you like do you think will work like and the guy was just like well you know he's just gonna make america great again so like you're talking about low information voters that are right. just like you know they hear these catchphrases like make america great again and they're like yeah i want that but like okay but, like, yeah that's without ridiculous understanding like what that means but again i i do you know and as someone i am like the most unsympathetic to donald trump person to ever exist but um, I do think that there's something, you know, I don't think that everybody that is supporting Donald Trump is an idiot, right? I think that there's a bigger problem with the political system that is leading people towards following him because they're just so over 
the the status quo yeah you know no that, that that's definitely true um just to switch gears a little bit so on a lighter note um there's this unique rare dolphin that is completely the pink, pink. One? yeah yes pinky he has turned <laughs> up it, oh excuse me she she has turned Aww. back up in louisiana and um i just wanted to shout it out i, I saw the video of pinky <laughs> she's a really cute really like and she's really pink and she's not albino. It's just a, like a genetic defect. She and she came. popped back up. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who hates the rainbow. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> all right. We have to give a follow-up on Kim Davis. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, Must we? It, it, yeah, we do. I mean, listen, I'm kind of sick of hearing it. I really, really am. But I feel like it's necessary that I give you a follow-up. If you want to know more about why Kim Davis went to jail and why she didn't go to jail, you should listen to my quickie that I did last week. It's up on our website, iTunes podcast on Scatter Radio, and I think on one other place that I'm forgetting, Stitcher. Um, so definitely check it out. But um, the update on Kim Davis is, so she's out of jail, um, but now, of course, she has now filed another court appeal saying that, um, you know, she still shouldn't have to issue the licenses and uh, that so she's also arguing that some of the licenses that her deputy clerks issues are invalidated, even though the attorney general for the state of Kentucky says, no, those licenses are completely valid. Um, and now she's saying also that, you know, she still, again, you know, doesn't want to do her job. And now there's going to be another court hearing. And then, of course, the Oath Keepers, which are like this Second Amendment nut job group, um, they have said that they are going. This is like some more of that Bundy Ranch crap yeah they're like we're gonna go to kentucky and if the federal judge tries to put her in jail again we're gonna have a shootout with the marshals oh. and we're oh not gonna let God. the marshals take her Stop. into custody i swear so remember that whenever <laughs> black people have a protest non-violent in the streets of you know ferguson or baltimore or new york over the killing of an innocent unarmed black person it's like oh my god the world is ending what are these people doing out in the streets but whenever white people want to turn up with guns and fight against the government. Right. It's like all hands on deck for the revolution. Ugh. We're not doing anything wrong. And then, you know, of course, you hear all that awful rhetoric about protesters and looters and thugs getting thrown around. You know what? These people are thugs. Showing up with guns saying you're going to fight the federal government and you're going to shoot at a federal law enforcement right. agent, that is thuggery at its best. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're going to use that word, I think we should use it appropriately because we know that thug has been used um, as a coded word for black people or just the N-word. But it's like, how come we never hear it when it would be most appropriate? Just remember, if it's armed insurrection in support of the Second Amendment and the First Amendment religious freedom, then it's totally cool because they're white and they have guns. Because white people. Right. White, because white people. America. America. Right. Right. So uh, speaking of that, I actually wanted I had some positive news. So the Please. White House and New York City has teamed up to donate seventy nine million dollars to speed up the testing of the rape kit backlog. So apparently we have not been testing um, the rape kit. So what happens is if a woman is a rape survivor and then she goes to get t um, tested at a hospital, um, they, they take the DNA evidence and then they store it. And they usually do not have the funds and resources to send it to a lab 
up to be tested. Wow. So it so it stays there, and we're up to like seventy thousand across the country. So you have women who are like, I, you know, I I know who my rapist is. I took the the test, and I'm just waiting for it. You know, this DNA e- evidence to go in effect, so that person can be prosecuted. But it's not happening. So finally, our White House, Obama, the Obama administration, and New York City has said we're going to take a stand. We're going to take some action, and we're going to get this done. Yeah, no, it's a great thing, and I'm really glad you brought that story up. But because it, it's also sort of connected to the first topic we did today, which yeah. is this money that, that the DA's office has, and the New York DA's office, some of this money at least, has come from these types of prosecution agreements with big banks and with large fines that they've extracted from going after white-collar criminals and corporate entities at the state level and at the city level. So it's very interesting that some of the money that we are getting um, out of these things that we were talking about, how we want some corporation to go to jail, uh, is also being used. But this is also a really great announcement. It's so great. What they, you know, they end up testing these kids and then sometimes they find that these people who have committed these crimes are like serial rapists right. who have committed crimes in other states and that's a big reason why Cy Vance of the Manhattan DA's office has said I want to donate the money to other states and other places because that can help us also solve crimes here right here in New York City and in New York State so it's interesting to see the connection between the first topic we talked about the corporate prosecution issue and the money that is going to the rape kits but also to answer the question of why New York City is taking an interest in helping to solve some of these unsolved crimes in other places. Selena? Right. So we actually have a caller on the line named Xavier who wants to speak about Donald Trump. We opened up the news roundup talking about Trump and he had some words for him. Uh, Xavier, you're on the line. Yes. We, 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 sometimes we talk about uh, Donald Trump as though he's just a buffoon. You know, but, you know, he, he's not a business tycoon for no reason. He had his hands in some of the, the goings on between the Mexicans coming over here um, for some decades ago. That's how he got some of his uh, construction buildings. You know, so it's like right now, by him bringing up the issue of immigration, like this here, it's, it might be one thing where it's like he might be on to something. And we laughing and joking at him and, 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 and sidestepping him. But you know what? The Mexicans. When the last time you had a, sat down and had a, a chit chat and conversation with a Mexican? Um. All right. So I want I want to respond to that really quick. Um, first of all, he inherited most of his wealth. Um, so I think that's really important to remember that he was not just this nobody that had some great business ideas and you know made a lot of money for himself. He has made a lot of money for himself, but was born with a tremendous amount of privilege. Um, and on the issue of immigration, I don't think he's any. I mean, the things that he has said, he has offered no solutions. And what he has said has been xenophobic and racist. And I don't think, you know, I don't think it matters who he's spoken to. I don't think he's spoken to anybody. I think he's launching this racist tirade against um, immigrants from Mexico and people are showing their true colors by supporting him on that. Yeah, and if he was such a good businessman, um, well, let's look at his immigration policy. It would actually cost billions of dollars to build that wall that he's um, suggesting that we do and then to actually deport the $11.7 million million, um, million 
undocumented workers that we have in our country now. So that's not a good business tactic. On at top all. of that, they say that actually it would hurt businesses and it would hurt the American economy. What a lot of people don't realize is because they don't understand the facts. They just go based off of this reactionary. Oh, my God, people are coming and they're taking our jobs, which is ludicrous, um, which, you know, is entirely untrue. But what the real fact of the matter is, is that immigration um, actually, you know, and and when we have a comprehensive immigration reform in place where we allow low skill workers to come into the U.S. and fill some of the jobs that Americans aren't filling now and aren't going to fill, um, that actually boosts our economy. We see large increases in gross domestic product and in gross national product. And also we see increases in businesses in general. So immigration from what the from the realistic standpoint, when you look at the numbers, actually actually helps our economy. Right. Also, a lot of the people that are coming here that are actually entering without inspection, which is the correct term for people that are crossing the border legally, at least a, a good portion of them are seeking asylum. What yeah. a lot of people don't know about our immigration laws is when you want to seek asylum, you actually have to come here. So there's two different ways to gain kind of asylum or refugee status, right? You can either become a refugee or you can seek asylum. What's the difference? In order to be a refugee, you have to go to a U.S. embassy while you're outside of the U.S. You have to apply for refugee status. You have to go through lots and lots and lots of background checks, X, Y, Z, this, that, and the third kind of things. And then the U.S. says, you know, we're going to give you refugee status. You can now come here. Now, in certain places, the U.S. does not have established embassies. And so because of that, people cannot just walk into an embassy and say, hey, I want to seek refugee status. Their option instead is to seek asylum. But asylum actually requires them to be physically present here in the United States, which right. in a, a majority of times can sometimes listen to, uh, you know, can sometimes lead to a, a, a situation where people have to come here and right. enter illegally. And just lastly, I, you know, that's nice that he's um, a successful businessman. I don't think that if you are a leader in your industry, that necessarily means that you would be a successful and productive president. I just I just don't. Right. And we have on the line Ms. Deborah, who wanted to give a comment about Donald Trump really quickly. Ms. Deborah, the floor is yours. Hi. First of all, how are you? Just wanted to, I was just looking through some of the New York Times old um, issues, uh, New York Region, and that was uh, July 26th. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I wanted to turn this down. July 26, 1992. And it was in regards to a young man who had beaten uh, Donald Trump's mother. He mugged her. And he received three to nine years for robbing her. Mm -hmm. Uh, she suffered a, a horrible brain hemorrhage and several fractures and permanent damage to her hearing. And I often wonder sometimes when I hear women just go on and on, no matter what he said. I mean, I believe he could rape somebody in the middle of Times Square, and they say, well, he's having a bad day. Why his mother never had um, uh, security? Right. Well, Ms. I'm definitely... And this was right after he decided that he wanted to send five black boys to prison and also to have the death penalty. Right. That's and, and they're talking about the Central Park Five with that one. And I know that he made a, a huge controversy over the Central Park Five um, and the young boys happen to be innocent. I haven't heard about the rape story, but I definitely want to check that out. Unfortunately, on that note, we do have to go on a break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about why Republicans are trying to st uh, shut the government down again. So don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard.